Welcome to the Audiobook Loving Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks, the narrators that perform them, and the authors that write the stories, including a special series with narrator Shane East. The Audiobook Loving Podcast is brought to you by Viviana in Chapters of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the Audiobook Loving Podcast. I'm so excited to have narrator Tim Page with us today. Welcome, Tim. How are you? I'm doing, I don't have coronavirus yet, <laughs> not everyone, so I'm doing all right. Yeah, that's, that's always a, you know, a silver lining to look at things, you know, uh, on a Friday day. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I have, I've got like a, you know, like a moat around my house. I just went out and dug it and, you know, if you want to get here, I've got to drop the, the drop, the, the drawbridge there. So, you know, it's good. Yeah, well, every home, you know, the man's castle, you know, his man's home <laughs> is his castle. So you're, you're all set in that case, you know, with a moat. Yeah. I'd have to dig up my driveway to do it, though. There's no other room. Oh, goodness gracious. In my house here, um, when we have really bad rainstorms, literally, I do have a moat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, believe it. I believe that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's crazy. Sometimes we have our weather here. So for those of us that may not know you a whole lot, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you, know, how you became a narrator, and how long you've been narrating? Sure, yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, I'm a dad. I have two little boys, six and three. Uh, and that's that's my favorite thing in life is being a dad. But um, yeah, I've been narrating actually for not that long. Um, it's like 15 months, I think, which is like a thing you say when you have young kids fifteen <laughs> months instead of, you know, a year. Um, so, yeah, about 15 months. But I've been a voice actor for about seven years full time um, before doing audiobooks. I did a lot of uh, TV promo and commercial. So. I was the guy that would be like, you know, uh, this Saturday, it's an all new episode of whatever. So that was, <laughs> that was what I did. And I'm, I'm the voice of Mitsubishi. So if you see Mitsubishi commercials, that's me. And um, just have been doing that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was working with, uh, a, you know, in, in voiceover and narration, we, most of us have a ton of coaches uh, or at least a coach. And I have had a ton of coaches and I was working with my, my movie trailer coach uh, and He's this this prolific movie trailer and narrator. He's done tons of movies that you've seen. Um, and he's got this big, deep, manly voice. And he's just a big, big guy. And you just know why he does movie trailers. And, um, and I can't even do it justice. <laughs> and one day we're doing a session and he goes, listen, I want to suggest to you that you do audiobooks. And, and at the time I was like, well, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, but why are you saying that? Uh, and he was just saying, you know, we spend a lot of our days auditioning. You know, it's all we do all day is audition. And then we get the one job. We, we, if we're really good, we get, might get a few jobs a day and maybe spend a total of an hour actually doing the work. The rest of the day is just auditioning. And with audiobooks, you're acting all day. So I was like, okay, that sounds great. I'll go. And I went out and I auditioned for a bunch of books and I got one. And by the time I was done with it, I was like, I'm going to do audiobooks. This is, this is going to be me now. So I put tons of my attention and effort into doing audiobooks and coaching and learning and training and taking classes and went absolutely crazy. Uh, and within, I think, three months I had done, no, I'm sorry, within six months I had done 25 books and considered myself a full-time audiobook narrator. Wow. It's crazy. It, it is. It was, it was a shift. I mean, from... From going, you know, uh, get up to 45% cash back on your new, you know, like <laughs> from that to, you know, 10 hours of, of talking about the U.S. Jakarta conflict from 1960, you know, and, and doing these beautiful romance books. And it's just such a change, uh, but it completely hooked me because I am such an avid audiobook listener and I romance is my favorite. It's what I listen to. It's what I read. And, uh, and I wanted to do romance so, so bad, even though the first few books I, I did weren't romance. Um, I started to think, okay, the market doesn't want me to do romance. So that's fine. Maybe I'll get one every once in a while. And now all of a sudden it's like 90% of my work. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Cause it's not very well known or rather you know, shared that there's, you know, males that are listening to romance, Yeah, you know, and in audio and stuff like that. So I know the first time I saw that you had posted that you were listening to this romance, I'm going, wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you, okay, so I know that you do the narrating thing, but you're actually listening for like, for fun. Yeah. And that's when you were saying, you're like, I'm like, oh, cool. 
you know, because it's also you spend so much time already doing the books that for you to actually want to be able to listen to your own um, for fun, you know, the books that you like, that's awesome too. Yeah. I mean, so it's funny because, so I used to be a, a touring musician. That was what I did, you know, many years ago, I was in a band and we toured and, mm -hmm. you know, I'd be in the back of the van, either reading or listening to these romance books. And it's hysterical. Cause you think, you know, rock stars and blah, 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 which we were not rock stars, but <laughs> you know, that's the vision when you hear like touring band, like mm -hmm. we're on a bus and we're just like doing drugs and, you know, and here I am, like, reading Nicholas Sparks in the back of the van, just, like, you know, crying at the end, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's just, that's kind of always been who I am, you know, reading that. And I, I've always loved, you know, rom-com movies and just, I'm just that kind of guy. And so now getting to narrate it, it's like, okay, I spend my days doing what I would do in my spare time anyway. It's just I'm doing them and then other people get to enjoy that. That's, that's so cool to me. Yeah, it's, it's always nice when I'm seeing the listeners recommend a book and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, that narrator. Oh, I haven't listened to this one. And so it's, you know, to hear it, I can only imagine what it's like for you guys to see that your names being hashtagged um, yeah. <laughs> or tagged on their social media to just have this, how awesome this was or the why. It's really cool. Yeah, it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. So now that you've been for 15 months only. Yep. Wow. Seems like a lot longer. You have like currently Audible is saying you have 85 books in total. Yeah, Audible's it's a little off because yeah. for whatever reason they have like 26 titles attributed to my name that are not mine. Oh, still? So, yeah, it's like I think I have 59 books on Audible that are me. And and then there's I think like 50 or 60 more that I have either already recorded and aren't released or uh, are coming up in the next week or two so i i'm a little over 100 now nice yeah it's crazy That's, that is crazy especially for such a short amount of time too it's it's nuts i mean so the thing that that changed a, a few things changed everything for me i mean one was i went to an industry event called apac um and that's where basically the entire audiobook publishing industry comes together. So there's publishers, there's producers, there's uh, narrators, there's authors, everything you could imagine. Anybody that's in the, the industry is there. And it's also happening at the same time as Book Expo, which is the publishing industry's big event. And, uh, and I, you know, I learned about this last year. I was working with a coach and I had only done at that point, like, you know, 15 books. And he was saying, you need to go to APAC. So I went to APAC and I got picked in the lottery to do speed dating where you go table to table, three minutes you get with each producer and you, you basically tell them about yourselves. And I left APAC and came home and had 10 book offers within a few days, one of which was for a Spider-Man book, which I'm a Marvel fanatic and my lifelong dream has to do anything for Marvel or Disney. And, you know... I got that book. I've done five Spider-Man books now. And that event changed my life. The other thing that changed uh, my, my narrating career life was Facebook groups. You know, there's, there's a few different Facebook groups that, um, you know, like Aural Fixation and Sister Spotlight and these wonderful groups. Uh, and then the author groups that I've joined and just been really active on because it's my people. That's mm -hmm. what I, I love the same thing. So I've just been in there and sharing stuff and people have been, suggesting me to authors and that's helped me get work and um yeah it's just it's the community is insane uh in a really good way you know thanks for check clearing that up for us <laughs> yeah, I, mean, in the best way, I mean i'm insane but I, I in such a good way like yeah the support and love of the narrators and the authors and the producers and like that's something that in other industries you don't get mm -hmm. You, you know, in other voiceover work, I mean, yeah, it's it's a supportive community, no doubt about it. And I have made incredible friends in, you know, non-audiobook voiceover world, but I've never seen it so much so that the fans work so hard to help you get noticed. And like the the mutual love and respect is just, it's really incredible. It's it's yeah. different than anything else I've ever seen. Yeah, I love how they, they're so supportive and it's inclusive of the authors and then the narrators and even the industry itself, whether it's a, an editor or a producer or, yeah. you know, podcasters like myself and bloggers. So it's always fun to see everybody, yeah. everybody involved, every single person. Um, you know, the other day I had a proofer 
uh, who had heard me when I did, was doing a book for a publisher that he was working for. And he told a different publisher about me and that publisher reached out and I got a five book series from that. And it's like, you know, and, you know, I try not to name specific people because I know like that tends to lead to other narrators being like, Hey, can you recommend me? Mm -hmm. But the people that have helped me get work, um, are in every aspect of the business from fans to authors to, you know, proofers to podcasters to bloggers. And I've gotten jobs even from other narrators, other male narrators in the same general range as me who do romance have helped me get romance books. That is, it's mind blowing. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm crazy grateful. Now that you, you've been doing this for a little while, what is your process when it comes down to preparing for a book once you have one? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is to read it. Um, I, I like to read it. most of the time. I have the time to read through the books uh, ahead of time. And, and on the very, very rare occasions where I can't, um, I have somebody read the books for me and kind of give me the, the you know, uh, Cliff's Notes versions. But most of the time I'm reading the book myself. Uh, I make any notes about the characters that I need to know, any plot twists. Um, and one of the biggest things for me is, there's most often there's some kind of thing that uh, that I know as the narrator or, you know, that that the author knows that the reader doesn't yet know. And we want to set that up. And there's a lot kind of that goes into that. It's usually really subtle. We don't want to scream. This is a setup, but we want to kind of lead people off the path so that all of a sudden they can be surprised. And a lot of that is done in the prep before I ever start, you know, recording. Do you do it like with a Kindle or the... Or do you, because I, I know that nowadays it's very rare to get the actual books and paper. Yeah. So do you do things like color coding um, and stuff like that? Or how, you know, what, what does that look like for you? Sure. Yeah, mine is a little different. I usually, I'll be reading the book and taking notes separately into Evernote. Because I like to, the way my booth is set up is I've got an iPad in front of me and then a monitor sort of off to the side. So I'll be making notes on Evernote as I'm reading. Uh, and then I have those notes available to me as I'm going through the book and actually narrating so I can go reference it and go, oh, yeah, that's right. This character uh, is is doing this or has this accent or has this feeling about this one small moment that seems insignificant but isn't. So once you have that process already done, how do you go about selecting how the characters are going to sound, like their tones and stuff? Yeah, you know, I find that it's not as important uh, how they specifically sound. It's more of how they feel. Um, one of my coaches uh, taught me a lot about subtext and that, you know, the the way we speak is much more influenced by how we feel about something than about necessarily the tone of our voice. And, you know, oftentimes there are a lot of characters in books and I can only do so much with things like my range and my speed. But uh, one of the things that I'll tend to do is, for example, if somebody is kind of like... Um, you know, they're, they're kind of a dick. Um, I, I scowl a lot when they're kind of a dick and it really, it really impacts how I talk. You know, I'm just kind of a dick. If, if they're a little sarcastic, they're always kind of going, yeah, all right, well, let's go ahead and do this then. You know, there's these little things that you can do depending on the mood or how they feel about the moment. And I generally try to insert those things in. Now, that being said, yes, of course, if there's a lot of characters, a lot of times if there's a big guy, he's got to get a little bit lower. Um, for females, I spent a long time trying to get my female voices down because I know as a listener, it's really jarring when somebody is just doing such a bad, a male doing a bad female voice. I think there's a lot less of it now. I haven't yes. heard a male narrator doing a really bad female voice in a long time. Um, but I remember it used to bother me and I thought, well, I don't want to be that. Uh, in fact, the first romance book I ever auditioned for that I really, really wanted to get, she said she loved my narration but couldn't stand my female voice and so couldn't give me the book. And so it really pushed me to, uh, to focus on how I do my female voices. And so how, what I do is it really just try to get into their headspace because it's not just about, I have a higher voice and then I'm going to be a female. You know, because first off, how many women sound like that? And second off, that's a character more than it is a, a, a you know, a, a gender, right? And so I want to know what's that character's, you know, motivation? What drives them to be who they are? How are they feeling about this particular scene that they're in? And then, sure, then I can do some things that, to maybe make them sound a little more female. 
Um, but I think you'll find a lot of the time, if you listen to my books, the females don't sound all that like aggressively female. They just might have some slightly more feminine uh, aspects to their voice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Because it's one of my pet peeves when I get a narrator and all of a sudden all the females sound like a valley girl. Um, yeah. <laughs> all this is every girl in every book. And oh my God. Exactly. So, <laughs> I, it's really, I mean, there are people that sound like that, but there's not that many. The other one is when they go like this for their females. And that uh-huh. one drives me nuts too. Because again, I, I don't need to. I, I guess one of the, the things about audiobooks for me is when I'm listening to a narrator, I don't need them to sound exactly perfectly as if they are a female, if they're a male narrator. I don't need them to sound uh, exactly as if they are from Ireland, if they have an Irish accent. I just need to hear hints. Um, I mean, there are great, there's folks out there like Pat Fraley, who if he does someone, he he is them. I mean, when you hear his characters, his characters are full on that character and you would think it's a whole full cast production when it's just him i'm not that guy and so for me it's more of i just want to give the essence of this particular character so if they have an accent it's a really subtle accent for the most part if they you know if it's a female it's subtly female if it's a big deep gruff voice it's subtly deep and gruff because well, I don't have that deep or gruff of a voice. <laughs> yeah, it's also hard to maintain if, if you know, if oh. there are second carry character, but then end up being, a, you know, the lead on book four, and you're going crap. <laughs> yeah, it's like in the video games that I've, I've, you know, acted in. Sometimes you just you can't keep it up for all that long. And if I was going to try to do that for, you know, a twelve-hour book, if I got the guy that sounds like this in a twelve-hour book by, you know, an hour in, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, since we're briefly talking about accents, is there um, a favorite accent that you like to perform? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess you know, sort of a, a Texan accent is is my favorite. It's sort of what I when I have a character that's a little southern. I'm not great at the nuances of different southern U.S. Um, accents, so I usually tend to go for a kind of Texan accent, and that's one of my favorites. Um, I did have to spend some time working on that because one of my first books, uh, the main characters, uh, it was a male-male romance and the main character's boyfriend uh, was from Texas. So we had a bit of a Southern drawl, but it was a Texan Southern drawl. And I had to really work on that because, you know, that's another one, like males doing female voices. If you do a Southern accent and make it sound like the person is stupid, that that's not really what you're going for. And I, you know, I've heard people try to do a Southern accent and make the people sound like they're idiots. And that's, you know, again, something I don't hear a lot anymore. I think pretty much most of the narrators that are working now, if not all of them just do a great job with whatever they're getting into. I just wanted to avoid that for myself um, and try to do it justice. But yeah, I love, I love uh, doing kind of a, a Southern or Texas kind of accent. On the opposite side, what's the hardest one that you've had to do so far? Italian, uh, Italian accent for sure. And I think it's just one, I, I've never learned Italian. I've never, I don't have, like I've got some Italian folks in my life, but uh, it's just one I've not had a lot of practice with. And I had uh, a pretty large book that I just did, uh, just came out recently, uh, published by Harper and uh, was written up in audiophile and they were raving about my performance except for my accents. So, um, you know, it's something to work on. I'm seeing more and more books with uh, Italian accents. So just, I know it's a, a weak point in my performance and something to work on. Well, we all have, you know, they say, you know, the worst like suckers for accents and we all have our different ones, either whether it's Irish or Scottish or British. Um, it seems like the Italian one is kind of roaming around. There's a, a movie trailer that's been out lately and um, the lead is Italian. So I think that might be <laughs> a bit of a surge that you might see in the next couple of months to the year as to the why the Italian accent is coming back again, as it once was many, many, many years ago. Um, yeah. Movie, movie I mean, stuff. it's good. I, I think. Mm-hmm. The other thing to rec- that I recognize and, and have had to learn to recognize is I can't do everything. Um, you know, there are some people who I think pretty much can do everything. I'm not one of those people. And I, I try to, you know, recognize if a publisher or producer or author or somebody comes to me with a book and, and you know, it's got a, a one of the main characters has, you know, a thick Italian accent or uh, an accent that I'm not particularly comfortable with. I typically make that clear. And, um, 
you know, like I, I had a book where uh, one of the, the female character was uh, from Wales, which is a really difficult accent to get specifically right. And a lot of people tend to do just a British, a general RP British accent, which um, something I'm mildly comfortable with. I'm, I'm relatively comfortable with it. And, uh, and so I just told the, the author, I, I wouldn't be able to do the book with that kind of an accent. It would have to be sort of a more general British accent. And they were comfortable with that. And I think uh, it seemed to get really good reviews. So I think the listeners were also comfortable with it not being so specific. I think if it were something like uh, where that was a really key part of the character's identity, I don't think I would have been the right choice for it. That's something too, because as listeners, you have them all over the world. And it's been, I've even seen them on the review saying that's not how George yeah. talks. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Or I didn't hide from, from myself or people, they've had accents because they're of Spanish descent or Latin descent. And I'm like, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're Mexican. Right. Um, so, you know, it's like many of us don't have accents because we've been here for many years or we were born here. We just are bilingual by birth, you know? So right, it's right. really interesting too when people can start saying, yeah, that's not how Texas sounds or, you know, or Irish and stuff like that. It can be very picky. On the other hand too, I, as long as you were saying it has a hint of that, I'm not going to be able to tell if it's Wales or Cornwall because <laughs> right. I, I yeah. wasn't born there. That's exactly right. I mean, that's that's another thing is I don't want to take people out of their own their own imagination. You know, when yes, I I'm telling the story and I'm I'm trying to bring people in and you know give give a voice to it. But at the same time, even when I'm listening to books, my imagination is doing things, um, and I want that to be the case for the people that are listening to me. So I want to leave room for the imagination, which is why you know I'm not I'm not screaming and shouting when the character is screaming and shouting. I'm I might be like you know, a little, a little louder, a little more aggressive with the way that I'm portraying that character, but I'm not literally screaming. And that leaves room for us to have imagination, to, to let the story play out in our brains as we're hearing, mm -hmm. you know, this person bring the story to life. And I, I always try to be cognizant of that. I think sometimes it's easy to forget. <laughs> it's especially for me, you know, um, I, I love actors when they're narrating romance and they're narrating a sex scene. And they feel like they're having a good time. Um, that's one of my favorites. And so I have also kind of tend to fall into that. And sometimes I get really heavy into it. And I find like uh, some people don't particularly love that, you know, like I'm really into a scene and, you know, I, if there's a grunt, I'm grunting. Um, and some people love that. Some people don't, but it is just sort of my style. And so I have to remember, I'm not going to be liked by everybody. And uh, but also I do, I want to leave room for that imagination. So finding that balance can be difficult and I've had a hundred and something books to, to figure it out. And I think I'll be figuring it out for the rest of my career. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also a good point because when it comes down to like, when you're performing it and, and you're the, the, the text there says, and he grunted and you grunt and then you go, and I grunted. I think the authors now are realizing that there's going to be some things that they need to either let not be you know heard in the audiobooks and it's different when it's read because you know when we read at least for me it's almost like I'm seeing the the movie in front of me or I'm listening to the book so the fact that it says he grunted I'm like oh well yes well he grunted you know and um but when I'm listening to it and it's said and then it's performed or it's performed and instead I'm like but I, I heard you do it uh, <laughs> so yeah. why are you telling me again um so I think authors are now learning that if they know for sure that they're going to be doing into an audiobook, they're changing the style a little bit of the writing to yep. provide that option of when it comes down to being performed, you know, in an audiobook that it's not saying, and she smiled or she laughed or she giggled and, <laughs> you know, cause that right. can, can totally turn off a listener. Yeah. I love authors that, that are aware of the, the changes with audio. I mean, Lauren Blakely is, mm -hmm perfect example of that. I mean, she writes with audio in mind as well. Yes. And, and I love when authors do that, you know, because again, I, I am an audiobook listener. I, I definitely listen to more books than I, you know, read visually. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's critical. And what I try to do is if there's something like, for example, you know, get over here, I growled, right? I'll, I'll, I'll actually growl the words when it makes sense. But again, I can't go, get over here. And then you don't know what the hell I said. So 
<laughs> you find it, and then I'm then I'm Batman. Um, <laughs> you know? Or Mortal Kombat, you know, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So you know, I think that's that's part of the fun too. And then sometimes you're just not going to do it. Sometimes there's something that just doesn't make any sense. If it's it, there's words, and then I say, you know, I mumbled in, uh, unintelligibly. Well, I'm not going to actually mumble it unintelligibly. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's part of the fun of what we get to do. We get to interpret it, and sometimes we ask, and other times we we you know use our judgment, and it comes out great. And sometimes, you know, we we learn something different for next time. <laughs> Love how you always put that positive spin on it. I take some of that with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a positive guy. That's good. We need that in the, more often in the world nowadays, specifically. Um, so, when it comes down to the romance it's an umbrella term because there's so many different subgenres within yeah. the umbrella do you have a favorite subgenre of romance to perform i love a snarky rom-com and i know that's still kind of a big subgenre but for me if it's got two characters full of attitude and there's humor and fun like i'm in you know um i think a great example of that is emma hart all of emma's books are just I mean, she changes it up, but they all have snark. She's like the queen of snark. It's it's amazing. I just did a book of hers called Tequila Tequila. And the whole thing, like I was having so much fun playing the character because it was just back and forth, sass and just everything was just, oh my God. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely my favorite. A rom-com in general, but add the snark in and I, I have a lot of fun playing snarkiness. So as a listener... What's your favorite subgenre to listen to? Still rom-coms. I think I really love rom-coms. If it's, if not rom-coms, it's going to be something like a dark romance. Um, You know, something with a lot of emotion, a lot of intensity, Um, especially if somebody had, I mean, for for the most part, any kind of darker romance is going to have um, some kind of a a big, deep, uh, you know, issue. But uh, something like that. Like, for example, I just did a book where uh, I narrated it, but I would have loved reading and listening to it if it was somebody else, where the main character had uh, addiction issues. He was a, a famous baseball player and he had addiction issues. So we went to this remote island and spent time there and fell in love and that kind of thing. But, you know, him kind of trying to hide his issues from this new woman that he loves, uh, there was just, there was so much depth to the character. And that's exactly what I want to, I want to hear. Um, but in general, I tend to pick kind of lighter rom-coms. Um, anything that can make me laugh and cry within the same book is my favorite. Yes, those are really good, especially when the author can actually grab that. Um, keep the attention, keep the snark and the banter between the two is yeah. great. I'm uh, not afraid to cry. <laughs> I'm reading or listening or watching. I mean, I, I am not afraid. I will let the tears roll when something hits me. That's also good for your acting when it comes down to performing because sometimes, you know, you can feel the emotions of the narrator and sometimes you can't. And, yeah. you know, and they come, you can see when they're, you know, how they say when you give good phone, it, you know, yeah. because you have, you can see that they're smiling on the other line kind of thing because you hear it. It's the same thing with all the other emotions. So totally. to be able to try, you know, carry that into it, it's great. Yeah. If, if you ever listen to a book called Through His Eyes by Nikki Ash, uh, I co-narrated that with Kelsey Navarro and there are two different specific scenes in the book and I'm not getting specific cause it'll be fun to try to like have an Easter egg hunt. Um, two scenes where I was actually crying while I was narrating that book like hit me right in the heart. So there's a couple, there's two different scenes in that book uh, where I'm actually crying while narrating and I kept going and I, I don't think like I wasn't sobbing, but you know, there were tears rolling down my face and I think uh, you can hear it in the the performance. Is there a genre that you have yet to narrate in that you want to? Oh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't think there is necessarily a genre that I haven't yet been able to narrate in I, that, that, you know, really calls out to me. I have had a really varied career. I mean, romance is, is the bulk of it, but um, I mean, I've gotten to do sci-fi and fantasy and nonfiction and yeah, I mean, I've done, a, I've done a lot. I don't think there is one. That's good. Yeah, it's weird. It, yeah, well, there's just so many out there. You know, that's the other thing, too, between even within the subgenres, there's sub-subgenres, you know? Yeah. When it comes down to, like, for example, PNR. Yeah, know? exactly. Do you want the vampires or do you want the shifters? <laughs> so. Yeah, for sure. I guess, okay, so, I mean, I've done, 
I've done a horror novella. I'd like to do a full length horror um, book because I think that's probably besides romance, that would be like my second favorite genre. I love to be scared. Um, so there, there was a, a book that Scott Brick narrated and I think it's called Lullaby um, about a year ago that I was listening to in the gym. It was an hour long. I was listening to it in the gym and just like, I, I was terrified to go home. That's how scary this book was. So I, oddly enough, romance, horror, I, maybe a romantic horror. That sounds really fun. That would be a good one. Yeah, that definitely. That's, there's been a few people that have mentioned that uh, genre that has yet to be written. So I'm going to figure out who is going to catch my mm-hmm. eye and say, hey, you should write that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's different than, than PNR because, yeah. you know, you could have a horror PNR, which would be really fun. Uh, and I think they, they can, some of the ones that I've done have kind of bordered on horror PNR, but I, I want something that's like real scary, but with a romantic element. I, I don't know. That could be really fun. I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're out there. I just may not have read them. True. So I'll have to ask the listeners if we, um, if there's anything like that out there that we have missed, um, yeah, that we can catch up. Yeah. Just, I'd love to read it. Yeah. Again, there's just so many different things. I mean, a few years ago, no one was writing about, you know, bakeries or chefs. And now that's very popular. And same thing with, you know, the rom-cons. For a while there, there weren't a lot of them around. Yeah. Um, seems like the billionaire has been around for a long time. That's been a um, <laughs> I do think like, one of my favorite, uh, still one of my favorite um, books of all time is Master Baker by Pippa Grant. And that's about a baker. You know, he's yeah. a baker. So. I agree. It's, it is interesting. And, you know, hockey has been a big one too. Yes. Um, it's a, it's something I didn't necessarily know that much about. Like I had never read a hockey romance and then I was cast for one and then I was cast for like 10, um, almost nearly right in a row after I did the first one. So I, I kept getting cast for them and I didn't know that it was a, a thing until I got the first one. And now I see it everywhere. Um, this is pretty cool. Yeah. The different sports kind of get a little bit of a, you know, spotlight on them in different not seasons, but kind of years, there was a bunch of them that was baseball for a while. And then the football players and stuff like that. Hockey now has been more popular. Uh, So, all right. So here's, here's for the writers listening. So we've got two, I've got two ideas for you. The first one is, is a horror romance. The second one is a romance based on uh, people who work at Disneyland. Like maybe (laughs) two, two of the cast members fall in love and, and it's maybe it's, uh, you know, Peter Pan and Tink. That'd be, I mean, how cute would that be? Come on. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that one can play played out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Disney nerd, so, you know, it's it's like, that would be fun. That, I think I would enjoy that. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's that whole thing about, you know, like the, at the work environment, almost like that office romance that they do. Yeah. A lot of it, usually it's just the boss and the secretary. Right. And like, I've had the secretary role for many times, and my boss, not, no, not at all. <laughs> Same thing with the internships. It's for the same thing. Yeah. I never interned for a billionaire. Come on, seriously. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I've narrated a, a couple of professor student ones. And I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I definitely know that there's, you know, there's sometimes that that attraction is there. It's, you know, not a big kind of taboo thing. But um, yeah, I, I can see that. And I've definitely done my fair share of, uh, of billionaire ones and, and boss and boss and secretary ones. But yeah, a, 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 an inter-office romance, but at Disney World. I mean, yeah. I think people, I don't know, people might feel weird about it because it's like, you know, it's a, it's a theme park, but it's not just for kids. Yeah. I mean, I, I went there with, with uh, my wife when we were still together. We went on an anniversary, just the two of us. So it's like my favorite place. There's actually a huge um, surge when it comes down to the adults wanting to go experience things like Disney World, where more theme parks where it's, people tend to think it's geared to the kids. Yeah. But they're doing a lot more for the adults um, without either without the kids or the, the parents that need the break from the kids. <laughs> <laughs> like even, you know, things like Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, kids love that. But it's definitely, you know, that's adult friendly. No doubt about it. You know, there's even like a cantina where you can get alcohol. And I'm, yes. Count me in. Let's go. You know, that might be an interesting thing. I have to think about how that one would play out. I want that. I want a narrator to narrator romance. Um, you know, two audiobook narrators fall in love. That'd be a good one. And that one's been going around a little bit. I have an author friend of mine that uh, we've been playing around with uh, certain scenes and stuff about how that would work out. So we'll see if that ever actually, you know, 
becomes published but that would be great especially because you guys are in such a unique industry again a lot by yourselves now there's a lot more duet style and multicast being done that require you to be maybe in the same booth but at the same time it doesn't really need to be right for that to be a you know a flourishing relationship would be interesting especially when they have to be the nice sexy very soon yeah and there's you know there's a there's a new i i won't blow up their spot but there is a new narrator couple power couple uh that recently happened and it's you know so many of us become such close friends granted usually from a distance but we become such good friends that when we get to conferences it's like a family reunion so i could see i could see it it could be a great thing be a really cute story to tell even even if they met up at a romance conference you know Mm -hmm. like or or a listener with a narrator Mm -hmm. oh there that's a good one yeah yeah (laughs) although that could lead to some interesting uh interesting real life meetings yeah <laughs> well i'm sure you guys will have plenty of material if one of you decided to, to be not only the narrator but also become an author and just have fun with that <laughs> i like that idea that's fun. yeah yeah but it's um it's like you mentioned the conferences it's really cool that you guys are actually coming and attending these um oh, yeah the conferences and stuff and kind of bringing able to bring the voice into reality a little bit you know mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just at my first one. I had never, so I obviously I went to APAC, but that's definitely more industry focused, but you know, like the a fan focused conference, um, love and queen Mary, uh, that was, it was a total different experience. And I didn't go there trying, you know, I went to APAC trying to get work. Right. But I didn't go to this one trying to get work. I went to this one to, you know, meet the people that are listening to my books and, you know, meet the other narrators and meet some authors, some of which, you know, I've worked with and some I hadn't. Um, and it was a really cool experience, you know, uh, for me, I met Zachary Weber, who was, you know, the I think maybe the first romance narrator I ever was a fan of. Um, and, you know, followed him and, and bought more of his books just because he narrated. So getting to meet him, that was really cool. And, you know, Kelsey Navarro, who I've been friends with for a long time, and Ava Lucas, who I've been friends with for a long time, meeting these these folks. And, and you know, obviously, I've met a bunch of other people. But these are the folks that I've known. Um, that was really cool. And then interacting with the fans who, you know, I, I've told people this story because they don't believe me of how passionate the fans are that there were, you know, everybody at the event, every fan that was there, not only did they pay to go to the event, but then they would walk around and they'd have bags of the books that they bought from all these authors, you know, many of whom were just independent self-published authors. And, um, you know, they're, they're buying these books and supporting these folks. And to me, it was like, it was really, it was moving um, just to see their absolute passion and love and support and the number of people who will buy my books and be like, Hey, you know, your book number 96 in my queue, I've got to listen to 95 before I get to yours, but I wanted to buy it because I know it just came out that that's so cool to me. And and seeing that in person and having that interaction and signing books was like such a surreal uh, experience. It was, it was amazing. Did you um, have anything interesting that you were given to sign? I, you know, I didn't, I signed bad. I signed, uh, I, you know, I think one of the, one of the interesting things wasn't necessarily something specific that I signed, but um, I ended up signing a lot of books together with Kelsey Navarro because we have, I've narrated more uh, books with her, dual mm-hmm. narrated books with her than any other individual narrator. And um, so like the two of us together sort of have a following. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is interesting to me you know it's just nothing I ever thought of you know we didn't know each other before narrating we just happened to get cast for a lot of stuff and then people started to recommend the two of us together uh, and I think we just got cast for our 20th book together which is so cool um, but we the number of people like you know I would have a bunch of people that would come up and have me sign their book and Kelsey had a bunch of people that would come up but I would have people literally request the two of us signing the books and then you know take a picture with the two of us together and that was just so much fun um, we we did a picture together where we recreated the cover of Awk Weird by Avery Flynn. Uh, <laughs> was, I think, the first book we did together, maybe. Um, but it was one of our favorite books. Like, we we both were messaging each other in the middle of narrating, going, oh, my God, this scene, this was so funny. I was laughing out loud. Um, and so we recreated that cover and sent it to Avery Flynn. And, you know, just thought it was fun. But 
I think that was kind of the kind of the the most interesting uh, thing of signing was that we were asked to sign so much together. Well, yeah, I think it's becoming now where it's not so much just the author's signature because I have. I got into a point where I don't buy a whole lot of books, like physical books anymore, unless I've loved it. And uh, like Lauren Blakely, I've yeah. been catching up on buying her books and I'm just waiting for her, us to be able to finally get in the same room together so I can say, here, sign. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and those are the books that I would also want the narrators to sign as well. So it's just one of those where I have these goals and one of these days I'm going to have to travel all over the place and <laughs> but no worries i'm not knocking on anybody's door unless i'm invited because i can cook at least you're invited come on over yeah. oh thanks <laughs> come on over yeah no I, I was really honored you know for me so okay this this could be taken a, a number of different ways but um i i love what we do as narrators and i definitely take it seriously and i think it's an art form and i, I think it's definitely special but i i really put what the authors do sort of on a pedestal um, I think that we are trying to sort of bring their words to to oral life, um, but without them, there is no us, right? Like I can't mm-hmm. I can't narrate a book that hasn't been written, and so I, mean, I could, but it wouldn't be very good. So, <laughs> like I really think that the the authors are are particularly incredible, and so for people to ask me to sign a book, like the actual book. Uh, that this author has written that I had no part in, you know, I narrated, I narrated the audiobook. And again, I know that I, I find that incredibly special. I love audiobooks. So I'm not downplaying that. But but I, I kind of put the authors on a different level. For me to sign that book is really special and meaningful to me because I'm like, this is, this is their, their art. And I put, you know, let's say, uh, for a 10 hour book, you know, I put like 30 hours into this or 40 hours into this or whatever it is, they put like a year or you know, if you're Lauren Blakely, like 20 minutes, but <laughs> because she just writes so amazingly and so fast. It's insane. I mean, it is. She's crazy. Get so many books out and they're all good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, like for, for a lot of authors, you know, it's, it's a year or six months or whatever. It's a massive part of their lives going into this book and I'm signing it. For me, it's almost like, are you sure you want me to do that? I mean, I'm so grateful. Um, but yeah, it, it, that's, it's something extra special for me. I know sometimes I fanboy out because I'm just like, this is incredible. Like I, you and me, the you person who's asking me to sign this book, I am you. Like I'm the same way. I geek out. I meet these other narrators who are now friends and I'm like, I can't believe we're friends because I love your work. So anyway, it's cool. Yeah. No, it's awesome um, when we can do that. And because uh, I've been to a bunch of conventions and at first it was like, oh my God, that's so <laughs> over there. And it's one of those where you kind of like go in line and you walk back and forth, back and forth to yeah. get the guts to finally get in line. And, you know, fast forward now, it's been like six or seven years that I've been doing all this stuff. I get to now to a point where I'm very grateful that I could just send Laura a text message or yeah. I can, you know, like, or with Shane. Um, I can just send him the text message and, and just tell him, you know, a funny story or like, Hey, don't worry. I'm getting new tea and it's not Lipton. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, you're so entrenched in this industry. I mean, you you know, you are an integral part of this industry as well. So yeah, but I I feel like you have the same sense. Like now, you know, you're, you're part of the family. I mean, you're not just, you're not just a fan, which is also an incredible thing, but you're involved so much. So uh, not only promoting the books, but obviously the work that we're doing together. It's mm-hmm. like, that is, that I think being sort of on the inside, and I'll let any fan on the inside, by the way, like, you welcome, you know, I bring people into my booth, it's cool. But like, actually, like working in the business is, it's really surreal, because it's like, okay, I'm behind the curtain now, and I'm part of the the team that's making these things happen. And as a fan, it's it's... It's crazy. It's like I'm a fan that gets to do the work. Yeah, it's it's almost like I this is work. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Like where was this when I was in my early twenties? Um, <laughs> so yeah. other other you know jobs that weren't so much fun. But uh, yeah, it's just it's really great um, when we have these experiences. And even though I've been doing this for so many years, um, I think who was well one one that I had the conversation was with Shane. But I can even tell him that even with Warren if you know i would probably still be that girl walking back and forth a few times before 
either they saw that I was and then like, is that Viv? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, get, get her over here. Um, or I finally <laughs> go, hi. <laughs> Just until that moment. After that, I'll be fine. <laughs> but I'm still going to completely like fangirl and, and think that I'm, I'm bothering you um, until, you know, I get back into more of the groove. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's Tim. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? exactly right. It's, it's Tim. And it's, isn't it interesting that if you, if you're not a fan, if you're not in this world in some way, whether as a, a reader or a listener or, or you're working in the industry, it doesn't matter. If you're not involved in this world, it is like it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Like people, people are blown away when I talk about this world of, of romance specifically, you know, romance books and romance audiobooks specifically. They're blown away when they hear, first off, how much of a big industry it is, mm-hmm. how absolutely booming it is how many conferences there are how how well the books sell and the audiobook sounds and, and how many of us do this work and absolutely love it and are so proud of it and stuff like they can't believe it and you know obviously there's that old thing which unfortunately still is really there that's like oh you those porn books right and it's like i want to i want to rip my hair out but i don't have any so i can't rip that out <laughs> but but i always you know i always be like you know i get why you why you might think that just give it a shot though. Like read one and, and you'll find, Hey, there's some stuff that might actually make you uncomfortable the first time. You know, I know the first time that I narrated one, I was like, okay, I'm going to be reading this. And a lot of people are going to listen to this. And uh, these are things I am fully comfortable saying, but you know, I I, want to do this justice and stuff. So when you first read these books, you might, you might feel a little uncomfortable, but if you let yourself go a little bit and, and get into the story, you might fall in love with this. Just like you know, the rest of us have, but I just find it so fascinating that we are this in this world, you know, we have these people that are like celebrities to us. And then you take one step outside this world and we are everybody else. I thought that kind of makes it cool. It's almost like a, like a, being a superhero almost, yeah. you know, knowing that you're the one that just did this, but you're not going to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It is I don't really feel cool. like, I don't feel like that. Like, I don't feel like I'm that, like I still am. I've done a lot of books and I know a lot of people like my work and, and buy my books and I'm so, it's so amazing to me. I'm so grateful, but I still feel sort of like that, that new kid on the block. And that that's like, okay, well I, I get to do this and I'm going to do this as long as you, you guys will let me. Um, and, and I will do this as long as everybody will let me, but you know, I still feel like that fan that's like, Hey, a person that doesn't, that's not into romance. You've got to check this out. You have no idea what you're missing. And I, I, you know, my best friend, uh, as an example, who is not a romance fan, he doesn't, he thinks rom-com movies are dumb and, or at least he used to. And then his wife became my proofer and she started proofing the books and, he would be listening and all of a sudden he's like, wow, this is a really good story. But you know, this one about shifters. Wow. That's really interesting. And there's a great romance element and the romance is interesting. Oh, this male, male romance. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a straight guy and I find this fascinating. I'm so into this book. And now all of a sudden he likes it and he's starting to narrate. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, it's amazing how it pulls you in. But when you don't know, you don't know, you have no idea. Yeah. Well, that's why they say, you know, your tribe, because yeah. people get it. I mean, I've been in situations where they're like, oh, so what are you doing this week? And I'm like, I'm going to be reading a book. Yeah. And they're like, oh, really? And I'm like, no, no. Yeah, I'm reading a book. <laughs> so, I'm really excited. To yeah. Or I'm going to a, a, a signing or a convention stuff. And they're like, oh, so for what? You know, is it for some form of like, you know, certifications or anything? I go, no, it's a romance writer you know <laughs> conference yeah. you know and I'm like oh there are those and then I have to tell them what the world looks like a little bit and stuff and oh what will you like, recommend and I'm like how much time do you have yeah uh, <laughs> yeah it's, it's like you have to do a quiz all right yes so what do you recommend all right well first off you know what how, how um how explicit do you want to get and mm-hmm. uh what kind of genres do you like right now outside of romance and you know like yeah it's like you have to go through a quiz to get them yeah. to the right thing um, yeah. But it's like, it's sort of like what comic books and comic book culture was like 20 years ago. Yes. You know, or a little longer than that when I was in high school. And it was like, if you liked comic books and Dungeons and Dragons and that kind of stuff, you were a big old dork. And it was not like a cool kind of dork. It wasn't, you know, Big Bang Theory. It was like, uh, these are like the kids that get shoved into lockers. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. That was me. Um, <laughs> and it's sort of like, I feel like romance is just like, 
maybe not quite there, but getting to the point where like comic books and comic book culture got kind of cool like 20 years ago, mm-hmm. mainstream cool. I think romance is on the brink. Yeah. Um, because to me, it's cool. Like I've, I, you know, I think it's cool. And I, I tell everybody about it. I don't hide what I do. And people be like, what do you do? I'm a romance audiobook narrator. So I'm, I'm super proud of it. And I think it's ultra cool. But I think it's sort of like right now we have our little secret society. Yeah. And I do want to bring people in, but it's still kind of our little world, you know? Yeah. And when we're at conferences and we're at events, it's like, we're all together and like, we have a secret that other people don't know. And they'll find out. And when they first hear it, they'll be like, what romance? And then they'll get their first one and they'll go, oh, damn. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like when Fifty Shades was a movie, you know, became a movie. It, all of a sudden, people were talking about something that they were not talking about before. And yeah. I think it moves in that direction. and and we just we'll see more of it more and more yeah it's definitely something that's becoming more mainstream and it's, and i kind of noticed it that i was like oh, okay it's gonna be soon because netflix has started to pick up a bunch of um movies and shows that are based on the books right and these are romance books whether they're ya's or rom-coms or the nora robert you know of romance style and uh, they're being picked up more i mean we also have passion flicks which i think kind of started leading the trends um and that's another service that's fantastic from a streaming perspective that they're actually getting the books and they're bringing them to life um via movies um Mm. but yeah i think it's going to definitely get there to a point hopefully it would be a little bit more mainstream and more people get to enjoy it like we do yeah and especially when they realize that there is something for everybody i mean you don't have to like every genre but you know there there's going to be something you know for you, most likely. I mean, even, so even if you didn't love romance, as a great example, if you didn't particularly care for romance parts, you could listen to a PNR book mm-hmm. and love the vast majority of it. Because even if romance is kind of the general theme, there's some really cool stuff that goes on in there too. You know, there's demons battling and, or, or vampires or shifters or whatever. There's really cool stuff that even if you just are like, yeah, whatever the romance part, you can look past it. I mean, even in action flicks, there's romance elements. So yeah. I think there is a little something for everybody. And if people are, were willing to open up themselves just a little bit, and I'm preaching to the choir here, I know, but you know, <laughs> open themselves up just a little bit and, and take a chance. Like they might find something they like, they might find like, Oh, here's this kink that I didn't know I had Yep, because it came up in this book and I felt a little tingly downstairs. Like, you never know what might happen. And I think maybe people might be a little afraid of that or whatever. But then they start to, you know, open themselves up to it a little bit more and, and magic can happen. And then it's like this whole new world, a whole new world that they didn't know they had before. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great that it, it can open up doors to anything from, you know, a hobby that people didn't realize that they were interested in, you know, like uh, scavenger hunting, I think in, in the cities, there's a... a forgot who wrote the book that did that as a date for the couple and um and then or, or anything like from a kink perspective right like there's so many different things that you just didn't know that were out there and you won't know until you open up a book yeah. and and even those that don't want it to be that steamy there's amish romance too so we're fine there's exactly. one for everything <laughs> yeah it doesn't have to be that it, and it is i think people automatically associate it with that but then yeah. those are the same people that you know they they've watched 10 things i hate about you 20 times you mm-hmm. know and I'm like, well, there, there are books that are just like that. There, you know, and, and sure, do, do I think the majority of romance books go a little more explicit than the movies? Of course. I mean, they don't have the Hollywood control, but they're not all that way. And again, I think there's something special about the human experience that uh, you don't get when something's sort of watered down. And again, I love rom-com movies, so I'm not bashing on them. But, you know, in books, I, I think more often than not, you get something that is... Yes, it's fantasy, but it's also more relating to either the things that we think about, the things we wish we had, the things we don't necessarily wish we had, but are really fun to take part in for a minute um, or whatever. There's just something really uh, just ultra human about these things, or maybe ultra werewolf. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, It's like that, that thing is what I think is so appealing about romance. And again, I'm, I know I'm, I keep preaching to the choir here, but um, I just get really passionate about it when... Um, you know, when it comes up. Yeah, no, of course. I, I think we all do. Um, I know you were talking before about the tones and how people feel. And I kind of clicked on me that I, when I do talk about the books, 
I start getting a little bit more animated and my voice gets a little bit pitcher. I'm like, oh, so that's exactly what they're talking about. Got it. <laughs> yeah. And then, and we just do that for all the people that'll, that are talking together in a scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're not working, what do you do for fun? Oh, so many. Th- I mean, the kids are number one. I love just playing with the kids is, is, you know, that could keep me busy forever. Um, but I'm a big sports fan, which right now, not particularly awesome. All of yeah. the sports are canceled. Um, but I love, you know, Syracuse basketball, college basketball, and I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, which is weird as a native New Yorker. So um, those are big things for me. I love sports. Um, I get really excited by any kind of uh, competitive anything, um, board games, card games, video games, anything competitive. I like, I like competitive stuff. And recently I've fallen in love with trivia night. Just this, this is what I do. And I go to bed early now because I'm tired and old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you the energy is wasted on the youth <laughs> I like I used to remember being able to stay up until four o'clock in the morning and that's like going dancing going to Denny's to get mozzarella steaks after the club and still being able to get up at six o'clock in the morning to go back to school and I'm going it's nine thirty. can I go to bed <laughs> yeah for real. I, yeah. So one thing is that you mentioned, I am, I, so I'm learning to dance very, very slowly. I have never been a dancer in my life, but I have always sort of wanted to learn. I used to want to learn ballroom. Now I, I'm learning sort of contemporary urban dance mixed with a little salsa and I'm starting from complete scratch. No idea what I'm doing. Look like an absolute idiot when I'm doing it, but I have so much fun doing this, like this new thing that I've never really been uh, involved and I find myself like literally doing the dishes and like dancing and being ridiculous and uh, so like you know I'm trying to learn little dance routines and eventually I'll go take dance classes instead of relying on YouTube but yeah that's that's been something I've been taking part in perhaps at some future conference I'll I'll you know bust out the dance moves oh yeah well I'll, I'll teach you a few moves when we get to hang out together Perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well played. Um, <laughs> speaking of games, um, I like to, um, towards the end of the show, kind of ask um, my guests, um, like, would you rather game? Um, okay. so just to get to know you a little better and because it's kind of fun to see what you guys will, will say. Yeah. Um, so if you're ready, we can start that. Let's, let's do it. Cool. Would you rather be an unimportant character in the last movie you saw or an unimportant character in the last book you read? Mm, okay, so it'd have to be the last book that I read that I wasn't in. <laughs> and the last movie I saw was Frozen 2. Unimportant. In movie. Movie. Because the last movie I saw was Frozen 2. <laughs> it'd be amazing. Yeah. Would you rather have to read aloud every word you read or sing everything you say out loud? Read aloud every word I read or sing every mm-hmm. word about i sing like 90 percent of what i say anyway um i think sing because wait no that would take away my ability to narrate mm-hmm. okay you a singer i mean you already did that though so. <laughs> yeah I, okay i'm gonna say i'm gonna say read everything i read aloud okay. which would make for some embarrassing moments probably <laughs> I'm in public reading a great romance book. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Would you rather always be 10 minutes late or always be 20 minutes early? 20 minutes early. That's kind of how I am now. Mm-hmm. Ditto. Would you rather be able to teleport anywhere or be able to read minds? I don't know if I would want to read minds. Some of you are crazy. <laughs> uh, I don't want anybody reading my mind. I, I probably, yeah, I think teleport. Because I, as much as it would be great to be able to read minds, I feel like it would also be terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you go to a mall and you're like, oh, nope, that person wants to kill me. No, that person <laughs> wants to kill the person they're with. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just like the idea of being able to just travel anywhere if I wanted to just pop, you know, yeah. versus That's having to figure fun. out flight arrangements and packing and all that fun stuff. Then it would make having, like, all of my closest friends are not are not in my city. So it would be so amazing because then I could see any of my closest friends whenever I wanted to. Yeah. I'm like, can't you come over for dinner? And you're like, sure, not a problem. There you uh-huh. are. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and the last one. Would you rather never have to clean a bathroom again or never have to do dishes again? Never have to do dishes again. Easiest, easiest answer I've ever had to give. I, I don't mind cleaning the bathroom. I hate doing dishes and I always do the dishes and I have a dishwasher. I just hate (laughs) dishes. Although, although lately I have thoroughly enjoyed putting on music and dancing while doing dishes and it'd probably be harder to do while cleaning the toilet, but I stand by my answer. Okay. I was going to say, cause I don't know if it's, I think I feel a lot more liberties to be able to do like the dancing or the singing while you're doing the dishes versus the bathroom. But so you said you had two boys. I have two boys. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, dude. Um, <laughs> those Still bathrooms must be interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's clean. I do both realistically. Yeah. I do both, but you know, if I never had to do the dishes again, that'd be great. Okay. Well, you know, we, we liked it when the guys do the dishes, though. It's kind of sexy. Yeah, well, here we go, ladies. <laughs> I do the dishes, and I say apparently say the word fuck in a sexy way. So Yeah, see? And he dances. They're poorly. I mean... Hey, see, it's the, it's the, the you know, trying that counts. <laughs> I got the two-step down. I got the two-step down, and I got that basic... I don't know what it's called, but the basic salsa step, you know? I'm doing mm-hmm. it right now, like people can see me. Um, I got that down. One, two, three, one, two, three. That's about it. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. I have those two things. I can do those two things. And then I can move my arms in a, in a certain way and my hips in a certain way. And that's all I got. That's yeah, and I got to put all that stuff together though. I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> we'll eventually give me 10 years and I'll put it all together. Got it. Well, I'll definitely be around at that point and, and let you say, so, Hey, it's been 10 years. Show me. Um, Let's see what you got. And then yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm making YouTube videos, teaching people. Cause I'm that good. Yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> Um, before we go, why don't you tell us what you're currently working on, if you can share, and what's coming up next for you? May not be all that exciting for uh, the the listeners here, but I'm I'm working on a nonfiction book called The Jakarta Method, and it's uh, basically the story of how the U.S. Uh, got involved in in politics in Indonesia. It's really it's a fascinating, fascinating book. Um, but uh, I, I'm going to be working on that for the sort of the foreseeable future it's kind of a long book uh and then i am working on i actually don't have the title memorized but the next book that i'm going to be doing after this is the sequel to heart of the resonant which is a uh pnr with a harem and it's unbelievably fascinating it's so cool uh alternate worlds fantasy uh this this um Basically, the, the first book is this human uh, is in college and all of a sudden his college gets taken over by monsters and the monsters basically win and he gets knocked out and wakes up and he's in a, another dimension, basically. And all these, you know, hot uh, people of various, uh, you know, person with wings and all these kind of things uh, are chasing him and want to be with him. And he has to learn about how to be in this new realm that is battling for the existence of the universe. It is an unbelievably fascinating book. And I'll be working on the the sequel to that. I cannot wait. <laughs> Sounds really interesting. It's fun. It's always good. I like it when you guys get excited about the books that you're, you know, narrating and working on. I think that's every book. I, I cannot think of a single book in in the last probably six months that I haven't been super excited about. And I'm super excited about every one that I have on my upcoming schedule. And it's, I love it because they're all over the place. I mean, I have Mail Mail. I just got a Minaj book. I, that will be the first Minaj book. I've never done one. Um, so that's going to be really fun. And I have all different genres and yeah, it's, it's going to be a really fun, like 10 months that I'm booked out right now. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to listen. I know I have you on my list in a couple of different numbers because they, you know, they keep having to be rearranged because Lauren <laughs> comes out with another book and I'm going, woman, you're killing my streak here. <laughs> and you are next, Lauren, okay? And every time yeah. you finish one, that's next. Could you yeah. stop for a bit? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm the same way though. I mean, no. yeah, she, she has been, you know, the, the, my, my favorite uh, author for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I've actually had to. There's another one that I love, which is Danica Dark, and she um, writes. Um, it's almost a, a mix between um, paranormal and um, urban fantasy. 
Oh, nice. Like the romance, yes. And she's one of the only ones that I will stop what I'm reading, regardless if I'm having to review it or not. Um, and I will be like, you know, read her books. It got to the point where I'm like, hey, um, can you tell me when the release date to the next one is so I can book you in my calendar? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, my problem, I have like 20 of those. Yeah. Uh, it's It's insane. And so it's like, when there's so many <laughs> that I just... It's not like, it's obviously not every author is my favorite, but I have just like, I mean, probably 15 to 20 that are like the second their books come out, I buy them. And then there's the narrators that are the same way for me, some of whom I've worked with and some I haven't. And uh, yeah, it's just like, man, there's so much great stuff and I'm, I'm going to consume it all. It's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, either you're narrating it or you're reading it or listening That's to it. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tim, for ch- um, taking the time to chat with me today. I, it's been lots of fun yeah thanks for having me this is so much fun to just sit here and geek out together and talk about the things we love um if you're not following tim on social media um you don't have to wait another minute i have all the links within the post so you guys can have them and not have to hunt for them um and he's really fun to follow on social media because he has uh, a great sense of humor but he's also if he you know he recommends books and he you know he shares what he's currently working on so it's also interesting to see that behind the you know the literally in the booth kind of um work being done at the moment so if you guys are not following him you really should so thank you thank you i spend like half my time making fun of myself it's it's great (laughs) we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the audiobook loving podcast make sure to follow us on social media platforms subscribe to the viviana enchantress of books newsletter and don't forget to submit your this or that questions for shane and until next time happy listening Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Loving Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more info about today's episode or the Audiobook Loving series, visit VivianaEnchantressOfBooks.com. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast if you enjoyed today's episode. Until next time, happy listening.